Hello and welcome to Reach the Masses podcast, a show about two friends who talk about the pop culture that they love. I'm Travis. And I'm Heather. Uh, Today's episode, we will be going over second season of Buffy. We will also be talking about the second episode of American Gods. And to wrap up, we will end the episode talking about one of our favorite TV shows, Doctor Who. This is our second episode. We got the first one up. There have been some hiccups in getting it uploaded, but we it's getting there. And it is available on, on Google and on... SoundCloud. We have it on SoundCloud. Um, it probably will not continue on SoundCloud. I was unaware that for free users, they only give you so many minutes, and then that's all you get. So if we want to continue this as a weekly podcast, we will definitely run out of those minutes quick, quickly. And it would probably be best if we just try to find another avenue. Um, I'm still trying to upload it to iTunes. However, the first episode was a very interesting editing. Um, I have done edits before. And this was the first one where I... Was very. I had texted you several times yes. about <laughs> about how many times we said the word um and, and yeah and because yeah. apparently I'm a, a yeah sayer and I'm a um sayer. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> you have to learn, love those verbal pauses. Every time there was a lull or a pause, I would say um, or Heather would say yeah. yeah. So what I did was is it, I just showed Heather the edit that I did. And it was very much cut up, very much, and it was very funny. Um, there you go. Um, I just did it again. I wasn't even aware of it. Yeah, you totally said um. <laughs> In the editing process of of that, this this podcast is something that we both want to do. I think it's something that we are both getting into. I'm enjoying doing it, but in the grand scheme of things, this is, we're on the very much the fly for this second episode. We are under the gun to get this recorded so we could do it on the weekly process that we're trying to set up for it. Absolutely. So we apologize in advance for our, uh, scatterbrainedness, which I'm sure is to, is going to shine through. This episode will be possibly a little scatterbrained. I agree. Look, this is something we want to do for fun, and we hope you all are enjoying it, and we still want to hear from you. We want to get your comments. But both of us are full-time. We have jobs. We have other lives. We want to do this for you, and we are happy to keep doing it. But there may be some conflicts here and there that will need uh, to be tweaked as we go along. And we're still learning. I mean, we're not experts in digital recording, recording, um, putting things out there. For people so I mean you know we're still new it's it's okay we're not going to apologize too much for it but maybe just a little and again we're on Twitter after you hear an episode shout out to us we also have a gmail account it's uh, reach the mass just mas at gmail.com if you all could reach out to us there if you have any questions or just give us a compliment or tell us give us some praise give us a some constructive criticism what we need to do what we don't need to do Okay, all that disclaimer aside, let's jump into (laughs) Buffy Season 2. This is just going to be the final two episodes of Buffy. Well, I have some. I have some facts. Oh, did you? For, oh, you uh, went farther. I did a little you bit took, more research. Okay, yes. I see how it is now. Um, show me up at the last minute. 
some interesting factoids that you might like to know, just looking through it. Is this in the history of the show? This one is a very much. This is, I think, I said in the last podcast. This is my favorite season of Buffy. Yes, because there are so many staples that come out from this season. The first season was just getting to know the characters, kind of laying that foundation. But this is where they hit the ground running because they know the characters and they're able to induce introduce people, and it just feels very fluid. This is the introduction of Oz, the werewolf. I guess I should back up just a tiny bit. As I said before in the last one, anything that we're discussing will be spoiler related. So if you do not want to be spoiled, I will try to give you an update on what we're discussing. If you don't want to be spoiled about Buffy season two, uh, go ahead and fast forward to the next part. If you uh, have already seen it and want to join the discussion, please listen forward. This was the introduction of Oz, who is, he's not a werewolf. No, they, they that comes it, later. But it comes later, but he yeah. eventually becomes, uh, he has been a werewolf, but it's not known. No, actually, um, his cousin, his, uh, I think his toddler cousin bit him on the finger, and that's where they implied that he started having the whole uh, lycanthropy issues. So he wasn't a werewolf when he first came on no, the show? No, he wasn't, no. Okay. But he's there, and he starts showing interest in... The lovely Willow. Played by Allison Hannigan. This also introduces to a vampire couple of Spike and Drew. Yes. the Probably the one of the best couples on the show. At least one of the funnest couples on the show. The They... Their, their arc, their main arc that kind of establishes them right out the gate is the first half of that season. Yeah. Uh, that introduces the their dynamic and just how they work and it's spike is a threat is introduced as a major threat because he has killed two other slayers previously Uh, what one during the chinese revolt and then the other one in new york in the 70s yes So I have that they have that this they start the tradition of the Halloween episode. Uh, that's the one where the costumes that they wear they become the costumes that yes. they are wearing. So if so fantastic. So Buffy is dressed up because she wants to try to be like a woman that would be oppressed with Angel. Their relationship is growing, and she wants to dress up like an 18th century woman. So obviously, when the spell kicks in, she thinks and acts and is a woman of 18th century. This episode has probably influenced us more than anything because anytime <laughs> we do a costume contest, we go to Comic-Con, we reference that like, okay, oh, we choose yeah. our costumes. Every time. And based on whether or not, if we turn into them, whether or not we'll be safe or not and able to kick ass. Because one of the issues is that Xander, who doesn't have, throughout most of the series, feels like he's not a... A major. He's inadequate. He doesn't ma- have anything special about him. A major player in the episode. I mean, in the series. So he's dressed up like an army person. And so he is very much the gung ho fighting person in this episode. And the funny thing about this is that Buffy, who continues, wants to be normal, she thinks Halloween's going to be the best ever because she finds out that demons and vampires and all those things takes Halloween off because they think it's too. Um, what's the too gauche too like, gauche yeah too on the nose for them to you know cause trouble on Halloween it's a little bit too much on the nose for a demon to to cause a bunch of trouble on Halloween so they usually take that day off but what the Halloween episode the person that's doing it goes back into the other comments that I have is where it goes back to the season leads into Giles the Watcher the first inklings of the Ripper of his past in England and uh, him being a sorcerer wizard. Yeah. Him having dabbled in some black, black, arts ma- black magic. Yes. Cause the previous one before that is called lie to me. And that's where it's first mentioned that his past about the Ripper. And then okay. there's the Halloween. No, I'm sorry. The Halloween is the first Giles reference to the Ripper. And then there's lie to me, which has more about the history of Giles. This is also, there were Giles's relationship with uh, the character that was introduced in the first season, Jenny Callender, who is a descendant of the gypsies. That cursed angel soul. 
that cursed angel with, with a, a soul. soul. She is her and Giles's relationship continues to grow and mature. That that's part of it. And then this is just a interesting one. I did I forgot all about it. There's an episode early on in season two called Ted, and it has John Ritter. Yeah, I remember that episode. As yeah, someone that's dating Buffy's mom, and just dating Joyce. Dating Joyce. The John Ritter, sadly, is no longer with us. So it was just it just took me aback. I totally forgot that he was even in that episode. Yeah, and he was in Buffy and. Uh, it was just a that was a nice find, I guess, while I was looking at season two again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big shakeup, I guess, would be the mid season because we mentioned that Buffy kind of is like a big bad at the end, and there's standalone episodes that lead to that. However, with this one, they kind of do like a mid season issue because Spike and Drew are trying to put together this judge character. And the first episode is called Surprise. And the way it ends is with Buffy and Angel finally hooking up. Uh, Yeah, they finally get a little grindy, get a little pelvic action going on. And once they do, that obviously is a very moment of pure happiness for Angel. And that was part of the conditions of his curse, is that if he ever experienced a moment of true happiness, that his soul would leave him and he would become a full vampire again and be angelus is what he would refer right. to himself as there's angel and then there's angelus which um, leads to one of my all-time <clears throat> favorite scenes in any television show and that's where post coitus he walks outside and there's a woman smoking a cigarette and he is now a bad vampire again and he bites her oh yeah and then he comes up from drinking her blood and blows out the smoke. the smoke that she had just <clears throat> inhaled, which I mean, you know, physically, that's not actually going to happen. But, but in the but, but in the it's world, so cool. It's it, just a cool moment. Very cool visual moment. Absolutely. And that's kind of interesting, because Angel's a hundred, couple hundred years old at this point, correct? Yes. And Buffy just turned seventeen, mm-hmm. so that's kind of a controversy, I guess. When we're watching it, when you're little, younger, as a teenager, you don't really think about it that much. But she's underage, and he's a couple hundred years old. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. it's kind of creepy when you think about it in that context that he's macking and having sex with <laughs> a seventeen year old girl. Yeah, but Not something that I would want my seventeen year old child to do. You would or wouldn't? Would not. Okay, I was getting ready. No. I was about to stop the podcast because <laughs> I was going to be concerned. No, no, no. <clears throat> but that leads into Angelus taking over the second season. Um, the next episode is Innocent and with the judge and then them fighting An- Angelus. And then Angelus is a whole other bad, baddie villain because he's not just... They kind of gave you the contrast of Spike in the first half of the season was very much come at you, fight you. In the moment, wants, you know, wants to cause trouble. He doesn't have like this long game plan. And Angelus is very much the opposite. He's manipulating, does the, goes for the underbelly of the emotional, of the emotions. And yeah, and goes, he plays the long game and he wants to end the planet basically. And Which comes into play in the last two episodes of the season in a big, big way. We'll get there because <laughs> you're going to take over there because you did all the research on those two. I may have, I may chime in every now and again, but that leads, that goes into Angelus's main psychological manipulation of trying to get Buffy. I think in that first episode that he's Angelus, like they're fighting and he pretends to be like he's Angel again, and she stops mm-hmm. and he seizes that moment to attack her. But the biggest moment is what happens with. Uh, Miss Calendar, Jenny Calendar, is in the episode Passion. Um, he kills her because he finds out that she's trying to resoul him, tries to find the spell from her ancestors to give him back his soul. And he finds out, he kills her, and then he doesn't just kill her. He does torture on Giles. He sets up his room... It's her Giles. No, it's Giles's bedroom. Okay, because I didn't know if he was banned from there. Because they, in the world of Buffy, they have to be invited in. Those are yes. the rules. And then once 
they find out he's bad, they do some sort of magic where he'd have to be reinvited on all their homes. So I didn't know if he had been... For if, whatever reason, they skipped Giles's they sk- house. I guess okay. just so they could... Uh, have that moment. Yeah, have that moment with the devastation of what he did with Jenny Callender's body. Right. So Giles comes back. There's petals on the floor. I mean, there's elaborate... No one knows she has died at this point. Right. Angel chases her through the high school and then in a very climactic moment breaks her neck at the top of the steps. And that's another good workaround because she's wondering how is he in the school because they did the exact same thing of you have to be invited. But on the outdoor bulletin board or something yeah. like that, it was Latin for everyone welcome, welcome who seeks knowledge. Yes. And he was seeking knowledge, so he was able to come in. It was like a loophole. Very clever. Yeah, absolutely. And One of those clever Joss Whedon things. Exactly. And then he's, he goes to this elaborate setting up a date type situation. And then she's on the bed. Giles comes in and sees her dead. And then that's when Giles has this moment, which we will see later on with other characters of this pain of losing someone and going after the person. He has this awesome Giles moment where he goes to the warehouse where they're at and he takes his bat or is a piece of uh, two by four. Yeah. It's on fire and he takes and starts beating Angel, he doesn't care anymore. He's just going after him because of what he did. And Buffy has to come and rescue Giles more than anything from himself. It fleshes out his character a lot more and and helps you come to understand that he does have a background and he isn't always, he hasn't always been this, you know, stiff upper lip English guy. Between that and with the stuff about the Ripper and his past in England, his, I think he gets more of the, he gets a lot more filling out. Character wise, then <clears throat> sorry, then it's background filling out, it's not like character development throughout the show. Uh, you because he is the older, the older character, so he's not going through the growing pains that these uh, younger characters are. He's already experienced some of this and has had has led this life. We also get introduced to another slayer played by Bianca Lawson because of the incident on in the season finale season one where Buffy dies the the rules are Slayer every generation just her dying even though she comes back that's enough to kickstart the Slayer selecting the next generation of Slayer and so there is a new Slayer and she comes and helps uh, Buffy throughout the second season yes and then that will lead us to the final two episodes yes the uh the fantastic best episodes of any season of Buffy, in my opinion. They were my favorite, and they were also narrated, which was a big change with Buffy because they didn't do a lot of narration, especially by a character who wasn't already completely involved with the show and who wasn't established. Because this is Whistler? Whistler, yeah. Did you rewatch this for this podcast? Did, did you rewatch them? Okay, I, did. I didn't get to. I'm going from mem- my memory, so yeah. Um, it it opens in uh, Galway, actually, in Ireland, which was, I guess, where Angel was from, and I, I didn't realize that. Okay. But that's a, a huge thing right now because there's a song called "Galway Girl" out right now that people are listening to, and I was like, "Hey, those things relate. <laughs> Look at that." But you find that Angel was just a a drunk kid. Basically, is how he lived his life. So going pre, to pubs pre, and pre-vampire. Yeah, going angel. to pubs and causing trouble was what he did. And you also get some of his backstory with his little sister. Mm-hmm. Isn't she the one that names him Angel, or was he already? Because his name was. Honestly, I don't remember. Because isn't that part of it? Because she thought he was an angel when he came back from the dead. Yes. And that's where he got Angelus from. Probably so would be my guess, but that that's not in these two episodes. Okay, I think so that, it's not in the so yeah. that might be in the spinoff series. Cause, yeah, I think because um, they do that in Angel, they go back to the well a couple of times with Angel and get mm-hmm. more of his backstory. So it that's probably where we're getting a little confused. But yes. I gave you the spoiler warning in advance, so sorry. And if, this is where you also see the return of Darla, and you find out that Darla was the one who made Angel. Darla then, was the one in season one. Yes, in the first in the pilot, the pilot episode, episode, who dies in the pilot. But then you. It moves on, and through the flashbacks in these episodes, you find out how Drew, which was part of the tag team of Spike and Drusilla, how she was created, and Angel first drove her crazy, 
when she came in, she came into confession because she was a good Catholic girl. And then he told her a bunch of terrible things as a priest. And she already had visions. So then he... Yes, because that's the thing, I guess, we never mentioned with Drew. She's not... She's not just a vampire. And she's weak. Something's wrong with her. In the beginning, when she and Spike come to town, that's one of the reasons they came to town. Right, and then with the incident with the judge, Spike gets injured and Drew Scylla becomes whole because she's fine. Yeah, she pulls the him second out of the half church after that church collapses on them. Okay. And it's, that's how Spike gets a spinal injury and ends up in a wheelchair. For a while. Yeah. While he's healing. But, and that leads into a team up between Buffy and Angel. I mean, not Buffy and Angel. Uh, Buffy and Spike. Yes. Because Spike is jealous of because Drew is spending more time with Angelus and having more fun with him, and he wants his because Spike just sees Drusilla as a object or my possession. He loves yeah. her in yeah. the sense that she's mine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and in his mind, like Spike tends to fixate on women anyway, and he fixated on the woman whenever he was just William. Whenever he was alive, he lived with his mother and fixated on this girl that he was in love with but never could talk to because apparently he was the geeky guy. Mm-hmm. And then Drusilla turned him, and he started fixating on her. And then after Drusilla, it became Buffy. Buffy became his fixation. Okay, so what is the storyline for the two-part episode? It's because it's The final two episodes are becoming one and two. Yes. So what is the overall storyline for those two episodes? The arc is... Angel wants to end the world. He finds the a demon that had been turned to stone who an was apocalypse. going to... Uh, he wants an apocalypse. He wants he an apocalypse a, level. He wants to end the world, not yeah, just Yeah, he wants like, to put it back to the other, the demon dimension. Okay. Um, and the demon's called a Cathala. So he finds this demon who'd been turned to stone by some knights. And he's got a sword stuck in his yes. chest. Kind of like King Arthur sword in the stone. Yeah, and Giles knows how to get a Cothola to come alive. Angel does not. Angel ends up torturing Giles to find out this answer and then Drew Scylla is the one that find, gets him to discuss it because she uses her magic and makes becomes Jenny Calendar. Right. And that's how Giles ends up after all this torture he ends up telling what needs to be done. Now is it in the part I think it's part one where Drusilla also has I mean Drusilla really comes into her own in yeah, these absolutely. last two episodes because yeah. at the end of episode one is where she kills the second slayer she does yes with a weird hypnotizing yeah she hypnotizes her and then she uses her fingernail and slices her throat so. and that's one of the best scenes ever and then it goes to slow motion Buffy starts running in. Because then Buffy gets framed for... Murdering the Slayer. Which cops don't know it's a Slayer. They just think it's some random girl. Right. Because she's from Kenya. That's the other thing. Because she has a... Kenya or South America, she has some sort of accent. I thought she was Jamaican. Maybe Jamaican. Okay, she has an accent. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to have to look that up while you... Okay, keep going. I'm going to look that up. Okay. Um, this was also where we see Joss Whedon come back in. He wrote and directed this episode. I did look that up on IMDb, and it the Becoming Part Two has the highest IMDb score. It, out of ten, it's a nine point five. So I mean, that the whole me the whole all. season is eights and nines. I mean, there's maybe one or two that's maybe like a seven. Yeah, but. The whole seasons are eights and nines, nine point two, nine point one. It it really is um, not just in our opinion, but in many people's opinions, the best season of Buffy. In this episode, Willow is also trying to reinsult Angel because she and Buffy are studying in Jenny Calendar's classroom, and they find the spell that will reinsult him. And that's leads us that's another building thing about the characters that's kind of willow's first introduction to magic she's she's dabbled in the black arts as she calls them but this is her first truly big spell ah you are right i apologize kendra young is the slayer and she is from jamaica jamaica yeah 
was going to say I'm no uh, accent expert, but and maybe it's fairly distinctive. Maybe Kendra and Kenya. That's just where I got <laughs> where you some, got stuck. I knew it was a different accent. I apologize in advance. <laughs> or in post for any Jama- for any Jamaicans that take offense to <laughs> me calling yourself an African or Kenyan. That's how the episode one ends. Well, I'm becoming episode two brings in um, Buffy in L.A. for the first time. We see how she got her start, and we see it through the eyes of Angel, because Whistler is the one who gets Angel to clean up and not eat a rat once a month right as it were because angel after he became insulted became tortured for all the people he'd killed, killed because he killed a massive amount of people over that amount of time and they were wanting actually originally they were when they did the spinoff for angel they were wanting with the character actor who played whistler to be uh, doyle doyle to do fill the role of doyle and be whistler but you know as the doyle character you know yeah to fill that role of his sidekick who gets visions and the actor had other commitments and couldn't. So that's I why wondered, I wondered. I mean, I was going to ask you about that. And that's why they had to come up with Doyle, his character, because mm-hmm. the actor who was Whistler couldn't, couldn't, couldn't commit. Mm-hmm. Max Perlick is his name. Oh, okay. The actor. Yeah, they played Whistler. Okay, so we kind of jumped around a little bit. The whole Giles being tortured and getting the answer that was in actually episode two. That's yes. And come to find out, the ritual to free him. Was that Angel needed to use his own blood instead of the blood of others. He was the key for that. So he pulls out the sword from Akathla's heart. Mm -hmm. And start of episode two is where Spike comes to Buffy and states he wants to get his, you know, I will leave you alone. He makes a deal with her. You know, I'll be there. I'll be your inside guy. I'll help you as long as at the end you let us live. You let Drew and I go. Right. And this also leads to some of that great Buffy comedy. Um, whenever uh, she ends up having to take Spike back to her house because at this point she's on the run because the cops are chasing her because they think she killed that girl and then she knocked out that other cop. So she is running and Spike comes in and saves the day and knocks another cop out and then she has to go and this is also where she doesn't she have to stop him because he was going to like kill them yeah eventually he was like yeah hang on let me kill this guy and she clears her throat loudly and it's like oh sorry but then she takes him home and this is where Joyce really finds out and comes to believe that Buffy is the slayer and because prior to that it Joyce had knew Buffy had gotten in trouble but she didn't know why she had gotten in trouble Right. And a vampire attacks them and tries to go after Joyce, and she and Spike, Buffy and Spike, fight the vampire and kill him. And then they go in and are talking. And Spike, at one point, is hanging behind Joyce and making vampire-like faces is- at Buffy. So, in the middle of all the chaos, and there's an apocalypse coming. That's that's where Josh Whedon brings in the levity. Yeah, brings in this, the laughs and really just hits home. And I, if you haven't discovered it, that's where he shines. He will kill the characters you love and then make you laugh about it. Well, not <laughs> laugh about the death, but I mean, he'll make you laugh and then he'll be tearing your heart out the next moment. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's his. That's what he's good at. So uh, Buffy. Has to try to stop Angel. Willow's in the hospital. She's wanting to. That's another funny moment. Mm-hmm. I remembering because she's like, I want to do the spell. Uh, Xander's trying to talk her out of it. And she goes, this is my stern face. Yes. yes. And so she starts doing it. This is all also where we find out Xander can be deceptive. He does a bad, bad thing. Because he lies. And not only does he lie, he withholds the information from Buffy that Willow is trying. Willow is awake and trying to reinstall him. He just tells Buffy that Willow said to kick Angel's ass. Right. Which was totally not cool and never really... Everybody else kind of pays for the shitty things they do in this show. Mm-hmm. But Xander always, other than getting his eye poked out, he never really pays for like his the sins he commits. Other people end up paying for the sins he commits, but he never really does, which always had me questioning his existence. I never understood why his character always got out of 
those those yeah. predicaments. Yeah. But so Willow's trying to insult Buff. I mean, Willow's trying to insult Buffy. Willow is trying to get Angel his soul back. Buffy is going to fight Angel. They have the climatic fight at the end. She has her sword. He has the sword from the demon that he pulled out of. They're fighting. And that's one of the best moments of Buffy where he's but Angel's winning. He's got her without the sword and he's like without your friends, without this, what do you have? And he starts to stab her and she claps and grabs the sword and yeah. says, Just me. And then she goes after him and starts kicking and kicking and punching and all that fun she stuff. She whoops his ass is what Basically, she Basically, yes. And right at the moment where she's getting ready to kill him, because that's the thing, is that... Akathala's mouth is starting to open. The portal's swirling. And then Willow's spell... Kicks in. And works. And then this is where he goes for the jugular, who have your emotional beats. Yeah. Angel uh, has no memory. Once he's reinsulted, he doesn't remember like the things that had happened. It all comes back to him slowly. Because as soon as he sees her, he's immediately back into, oh my gosh, you're bleeding because her hand was cut or, mm -hmm. you know, and then Buffy's like, you're back and they have this big hug and as they're hugging, she sees the mouth opening and sees the portal opening and yeah. she realizes what she has to do. She brings the sword up and... Stabs him. Right, right in the gut. And then that was the key to closing the portal and then it takes Angel the... It sucks him in. It sucks him in and, and it closes. closes. And then it ends with all the Scoobies, all the gang together, minus Buffy saying she must have done it. You know, if she, Willow saying it felt like it worked. Yeah. Uh, and it, she must have saved the world, world, Oz said, because look at it. We're still here. Yeah. yeah. And it ends with the Sarah McLaughlin song. Um, winter is cold. And bitter. And bitter, yeah. It ends with that very touching song as Buffy is leaving Sunnydale. But it ends with that Sarah McLaughlin song uh, as she's on a bus heading out of Sunnydale because of it just totally wrecked her to having to kill, to get Angel back at the last minute, the man she loves, and then having to kill him to save the world. And that's how season two ends. And it ends bittersweetly because it, Yes, she saved the day, but she's still lost in the end because she's still technically, in all regards, being hunted by the police. She still, she saved the day, but she killed the man she loves. It's just, it ends very bittersweetly. And the Sarah McLaughlin song was full of grace. Which will rip your heart out, whether you've watched Buffy or not. It's a great song. You should listen to it in general. If you, even before you, um, and that's I think that's one of the first seasons you know growing up where the music really tied well in with the finale and just that's another thing Joss Whedon did is he kind of created that him and Dawson's Creek like the CW they really started jump started that whole um, popular music in popular shows yes because later on and they did it some in season two with the bronze they brought in bands mm -hmm. like actual bands choice Mato, like they they had some great bands on there amy but, mann was on there at one point that you normally probably wouldn't have the opportunity at that time as far as mainstream music goers have an opportunity to listen to as opposed to now where it's online and yeah, you can you, find anything. Pandora, Spotify, all those. Yeah, you know, people are podcasting now over things like pop culture that they love. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you got to think back. This was in 1997, 98. 98. So internet wasn't the internet as we know it. And this was a, this was a great opportunity for bands who you may not have ever heard of unless you were in those major in cities. Big cities. Yeah. To hit to it to before they hit bars. it big to hear some of these bands. Right. But, I mean, again, just the way it ends, just the whole character arcs, almost everybody shines throughout the whole second season. That's why it's one of my favorite seasons. Absolutely. It's a great season, and those two episodes still just... I still go back and watch just those two episodes because they're, they're just that enjoyable. 
And if you're sad, they help with your sadness. And if you're happy, they'll make you sad. So that will wrap it up for the season two. Again, let us know in the comments. Email us. Tweet at us. Is that the right word? Again, I'm learning Twitter. So tweet at us. Tweet us. Do you want us to continue on with Buffy? Continue on season three? Um, Or do we want to just mix it up? Because we're kind of adding more stuff and we want to try to keep it down. The first episode was an hour and 45 minutes. We kind of got away from us. So we're still learning, like we said. We're trying to keep it around an hour, thereabouts. But again, if it's something that you all want to hear and to talk about and discuss, we're more than happy to keep it on there. So just, again, let us know if you want us to continue on with Season 3 of Buffy. So that will bring us up to the next part, which will be American Gods, Episode 2. Chalk it all up to occupational hazard. I didn't mean to wake you. Laura, they told me you died. Who said I died? I think I'm losing my mind. We are done here. We will rendezvous in Chicago. What's in Chicago? Miami. Um, I guess we could just kind of hit the highlights. We did a pretty good in-depth review of American Gods the first episode. We kind of did a play-by-play. I know you took a lot more notes on this than I did, so if you want to kind of... Well, there were so many things in this episode. I took a lot of notes. Not just a little bit of notes, but a lot of notes. Well, go hit, go for it. Okay. Uh, let's see. The impact of Anansi's speech. Right. Like him on the slave boat being prayed to. And he is a, a storytelling god who often comes in the guise of a All spider. All stories are yeah. Nazi stories. Yeah. The I, did you like the way they portrayed a Nazi? I did. I, which I mean, we just seen him for you know that amazing speech he gave, telling these these poor souls who were chained and being taken to a new world to live a life, a horrible life of slavery. Um. He basically told him the rundown of the next 200 years. Right. And uh, told him to to burn the boat. And they did. And it was, but it was also amazing. S- but it was also self for himself because he mentions it as a self-sacrifice for worship for him. Right. And it, as an altar well, of worship for him, a sacrifice. God is going to do that. I mean, that's self-serving for part him. Part of the God thing. In the books, yes, that worship and power for him was it off-putting because he's wearing like a three-piece like modern suit so i that thought that was fantastic and i thought it showed that these are gods they're not just you know people with magical powers mm-hmm. like it also shows that we create oftentimes what we worship not always but we they are a reflection of us and we as a modern audience would see him dressed that way whereas these people wouldn't have right but we come to understand him and and i'm sure as they develop his character and if you've read neil gaiman's book that has him in it then you know why he's dressed that way You, you come to understand that that's part of his character Okay, so what else did, uh, did what stood out to you? Uh, Shadow making the uh, the Billie Holiday song reference, Strange Fruit, which was a song about the lynching of black people in the South. And he talks about himself being lynched in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. And he makes the comment, like, something about strange fucking fruit. And if you know that song, if you know that history, then you know what he's talking about. And I just, I really enjoyed that, personally. Okay. And then we see the bubble baths. Bubble baths are never really referenced in the show so far. But that was a big thing in prison whenever Shadow in the book was in prison. Yeah. They talked about bubble baths. Yeah, he takes a bath after all that has happened to him. And if you hadn't read the book, it just looks like he's just taking a bath. bath. So yeah. it's a little kind of like a thing. A for, nod. For the the readers. Did you, did you realize, how long did it take you to realize the... I Love Lucy was uh, Gillian Anderson. It, it took me a solid uh, 12 seconds because okay. I was like, she's talking. It's Lucy. Wait a second. 
that's Jillian Anderson. It Jillian me, Anderson is Lucy. It took me longer than I cared to admit. Yeah. That it, that it, I mean, she was really, it, and then it, because that could have been played by a nobody, but instead they bring in this actress who can play anything and play anyone. Mm-hmm. It'd be different. It'd be interesting if they used, you know, they did out of Lucy, but if they bring her back, her playing one of her other characters that she's played in that TV, would... just to kind of <laughs> play. I mean, that would also be amazing, but it like stars. Like I don't totally know. That. I don't know the rights to the show that she's played in, Absolutely, but that would be great. If, yeah. if she got to play some of her other yeah. TV characters that she's portrayed as a TV person you know yeah somebody who's played many characters on different channels and even netflix what else does stood out uh this episode references lynching a lot well they're building into that mythos of yeah absolutely but i mean they that's just, coming in later yeah it was just really it was lynching heavy mm-hmm. let's see oh and also uh mr wednesday whenever he sends shadow on the shopping trip where he runs into lucy on the tv mm-hmm. uh he he says something that reminded me of rupaul because rupaul says if you can't love yourself how the hell are you going to love anybody else well mr wednesday said if you can't look out for yourself how in the hell are you going to look out for me uh, that's saying what that shadow ma- should steal from, from him, him. Yeah. <laughs> even though shadow had just said i won't steal from you yeah because wednesday gives him money he's like money's tight right now uh, you're still going to get paid but here's a thousand dollars and try to take no more than five percent at this and he says, I'm not going to steal from you. And then that's where he makes that line. I love the episode overall. It, it continued. It, it was overall tremendous and great. And it's already renewed for a second season. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. I think I even actually tweeted that. That it's renewed. renewed. Did you see the moment when they are at Chernabog's apartment in Chicago? Mm-hmm. And I think Cloris Leachman's character... Is talking. Who did a phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal job. Absolutely. As usual. Anything she's in. But Wednesday and Shadow both have tea. Mm-hmm. And Shadow's in the background. Mr. Wednesday's in the foreground. And they both... Something is said and they both make the same expression and both... Take a drink? Yes. And no, they I'd... do it at exactly the same moment and exactly the same way. So that also hints at things that are going on later on that gets revealed yes yes and deeper relationship between them i think the ian mcshane yes the person playing wednesday if you've not had a chance to watch uh deadwood he's in that and he is very good in that and he's very much reminiscent of that character in the sense in the in that show, he's more uh, just I can almost say disgusting, but he has more, he cusses more and he's more vile in the sense. Mm-hmm. But he still has that kind of that upper, you know, like indignant. He's more error, yeah, about him. That he's put. You could see how he's taking parts of that character from Deadwood and infusing it into Wednesday. Yeah, I liked a lot about this episode. I think it moved along a lot quickly. The only thing that was, that it didn't tell you anything that happened, how shadow got out of the situation he was in the episode in episode one ended with him being hung and all those people dying. It didn't show you. Oh, it didn't reveal to you how, how the rope was, how the rope was cut and who killed all those people. Right. Um, but it's already showing that the gods and other things, because the TV mentions the, the I Love Lucy character mentions he's getting credit for it because she's like, they underestimated you. I won't underestimate you. Yeah, she's really trying to work got, her way in. Because word got out that he killed, like, that he was the one that killed, killed all, all the, the, those masked, faceless people uh, that was beating him up at the end of the first episode. Still interested in the show? Oh, absolutely. Can't, can't tell um, at all that you like the no, show. No, I mean, it doesn't It doesn't reflect at all in, in my words or the notes that I take. or <laughs> <laughs> The tweets that you do. Or yeah, the, that, I, the, that I love this show at all. I'm, I'm very excited about the show. It just continues to impress. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's, it's only going to continue to do this, I believe. 
any other comments or other things that you saw that you just wanted to just shine a big light on of how the music they they are doing an excellent job with picking the perfect songs for this any situation that has come up so far in these first two episodes they have had the ideal music play and i guess that i mean that's a lot that we take for granted and that's kind of what we said we loved about buffy was how well the, if you have the you can have a good story and then that if you have a good music that goes along with it it just elevates it to a Those, whole no, yeah the score absolutely another level the soundtrack of the episode or, or just the emotions and the feels that you have while watching it just it takes it up another notch if you have mm-hmm. a great soundtrack great soundtrack to the episode so we will continue on with American Gods. Um, we will move forward. The third episode will be coming out this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many episodes are in the first season, 10 or 12. Usually, Somewhere roughly in there. Usually those stars or basic cable network shows are usually half run of major networks are usually 22, 23, and then like AMC and... Stars, Stars, HBO, Showtime. Those are usually 10 to 13 episodes based on just the budget. It's, you know, cheaper to do 13 episodes as opposed to that. And then, you know, some complaints you may have with major networks is that there's too many filler episodes in a 23-episode season. Yeah, there's a lot lot that can be just thrown away that they don't throw If it's not done right, it just, it grinds the season to a halt. And... Mm -hmm. Usually if you're at 12 or 13 and the pace is a lot more brisk and you get a lot more uh, action, the the beats happen a lot quicker. And we are, you know, a modern society, so we don't have long attention spans. That's true. Netflix has the whole season out. I'm excitingly anticipating House of Cards. Season starts May 30th, and but Netflix, they release the whole season the day of, so you don't have to wait a week at a time. Yep, that's I just binge Sense Eight season two. Very yes, you exciting. told me about that. That I will need to. You need, need to, to watch it. Yes, you need to watch it. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that will wrap up American Gods for this part of it. Um, I tell you what, we can save Doctor Who for episode three because there's a lot that I I don't want to dis. If you're wanting to try to keep it at an hour or below, we're we're close to an hour right now. Well, that and it's Doctor Who, so we have to do Doctor Who justice. Exactly. If we're going to sit around and chat about Doctor Who. So we will put Doctor Who on the back burner, and we will make that episode three. We will probably dedicate a lot of episode three to just Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Um, so, but in the meantime, if you want, tweet us, email us, who's your favorite Doctor? Old or new who, we will probably stick more with the uh, 2000, since 2005, the ninth doctor on. Those will probably who we will discuss the most. But tell us who's your favorite doctor. Everyone has one. Tell and us. Everyone has their doctor. It, and it's normally the first doctor that you watch is typically who your doctor is. And tell us, we're going to be discussing, we're going to, how about this? For next week, we will give our list of our since 2005. So we're talking. Nine doctors, nine, 10, 11, 12. Out of those doctors, we will rank those doctors as our personal favorite to favorite to least favorite. And we may even throw in the war doctor just for fun. That's true, the war doctor. And then we'll do that as well for the companions because he's had quite a few companions and we can rank them. I did, I did some of that beforehand um, and we may have some discussion on who do we think is the better (laughs) i think we'll be more in line with the doctors yes as far as our number one i think on the companions we may differ a little bit on the order probably will i enjoy some of the doctors companions more than others but tweet us your favorite doctor favorite companion and then tell us some of your favorite episodes or even moments because that was one thing we were going to talk about was you have there's more moments that I like in Doctor Who rather than entire entire episodes. There are some great full episodes. Oh, absolutely! But there are things. Just the you know example is uh, 
the speech that the 12th Doctor gives during the invasion of the Zygons, uh, the speech about war. Absolutely. That, that, whole, that whole scene is just... The episode was good. Every episode of Doctor Who is watchable and good, and good to great. Yes. And that episode was okay and pretty good, but that whole scene made that that episode it and i i go online on youtube and watch just, just those ep- those episodes those just those scenes those moments so tell us some of your favorite moments that your doctor or any doctor that you watch that you like because i mean every doctor has that well, defining moment the ninth doctor he had that scene where everybody lives right it, when we're introduced to captain jack and it's the end of world war Two, and he just he just he wants everybody live to live that the one time and, and chris eccleston is not my favorite doctor the ninth doctor i love him but he's not my doctor but that scene just that is the essence of the doctor i, I believe in so many ways because he does he wants everybody to live does how often does it happen not truly but that often there was a thing but on the internet on, on the internet i don't know who get to give credit to this but i just found it funny was that that episode was written by Stephen Moffat. <laughs> that's and ironic. That's and that's what they pointed out was the one episode where everyone lives yes. was Stephen Moffat, and then after that he was right. Not everyone lives after yeah. that was Stephen Moffat. Yeah, Stephen Moffat's gonna kill anybody he thinks is gonna kill the viewer. He's gonna kill him. I guess would would you consider? I mean, I wouldn't say he would be the same level, but would Stephen Moffat be the? England equivalent to Joss Whedon in uh, the sense in that in so many ways, he, absolutely, I can see that. I think he goes for the the gut and he does knows he, how to write a, a, a great episode and uh, bring that levity in with drama and comedy and he he absolutely are, could be that. I like Stephen Moffat, but there's something I, I think Joss Whedon is better in some regards. Well, and it, he's American and he has more money this at his true. disposal. Rather, you're than, right. You know, you have to take that into account. This is true, but I don't know. That first season of Buffy and the second season of Buffy wasn't probably the highest budgeted. Oh, no. But, I mean, it was new. It was a mid-season replacement, you know. But we're going to wrap up the podcast for today. Tweet us or email us. Give us the – can you give us the – Twitter is at ReachTheMass. And the Gmail account is the same Reach – Reach the mass at gmail.com. So send us an email, tweet at us, give us your favorite doctor, companion, and one of your favorite moments. And we'll talk about our favorite moments and episodes. If you have a favorite episode, we, we want to hear from you again and talk to you because this is what this is about. We're talking about the pop culture we love and we want to hear from you and get your input in on it as well. So signing off for Reach the Masses, I'm Travis. And I'm Heather.